John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. Jesus is speaking to his disciples here. And he's letting them know that, yes, there will be some hard times, but you will not be alone during this season. And he says in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth from whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Lord, today as we come into this time of word, Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, that your word would take root into our hearts and to our lives. Lord, I pray that every distraction, everything that is fighting for our attention over the next few moments, Lord, I pray that those things would cease. And I declare that anything that Satan has planned for us these next few moments, that it shall not prosper. I declare, Lord, that right now, Lord, our eyes are focusing on you. I declare our ears are in tune with your spirit and your word today. Now let this word fall on fertile soil in the souls of your people. And the church said amen this morning. Amen, amen and amen. I know I, in a lot of my sermons, I talk a lot about uh, the tricks of the enemy. And I do that because every single day you are interacting with the tricks of Satan. Every day that you wake up, you are going to face, you are going to come in contact with uh, a trick that he is trying to pull over on you. Uh, and a true trick of Satan as I begin this new series called Fresh Wind Today, I want to talk about a trick that he has because I am starting this series. Usually I would be preaching more a couple of sermons or a series about the Spirit after Easter because on the calendar, that's the way it falls. 50 days after the resurrection, there was Pentecost Sunday. And usually, I believe every, uh, every year I, I preach at least a couple of messages about the Spirit around that time. But if you've been here over the last month, you've heard uh, me express what God's been speaking to me because as we are in this season of watching revival in our nation and, and prayer gatherings and worship gatherings and, and prayer and revival breaking out on college campuses, we are watching as, uh, uh, as people turn their heart back to Christ. That's what's happening. People are literally turning their heart back to Christ. It's a revival because it's a revival because a lot of these people once knew him and they're being vibed again. Their life is coming inside of them. So they're being breathed into again and they're turning their heart back to him. But listen, after you are saved, after you turn your heart to Jesus, that is not all that he has for you. It's just beginning. Because after you turn your heart and you're washed in the blood and you, and, you, uh, and you confess him as your Lord and Savior, then he wants you to be filled with his spirit. Amen? 
There is more for you. And now as we're watching uh, a large number of people turn their hearts, I believe this next thing is going to be an outpouring of his spirit. We are watching an outpouring of his grace right now. But next, it is an outpouring of his spirit upon all flesh. And this is what this series is about, the wind of the spirit. I'll be, I'll be breaking that down later on. But this is about the Holy Spirit this month. So I encourage you, if you know somebody who wants to know more about the spirit, this is for them. Invite them into the house. I'm getting a little feedback somewhere. Thank you. A true trick of Satan is that he loves to keep us in the dark about the Holy Spirit. He loves it when we, the bride of Christ, the church, disciples, followers, he loves it when we do not understand the power and he loves it when we don't understand how to utilize a weapon that God has given us all. He, he, he does not want you. Satan does not want you to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. He loves it when the church is afraid to let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. It's a trick. But without the Holy Spirit, today there would, be no, there would really be no sufficient expression of God. Because the expression of God that we are seeing in today's time is because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. It's part of the Trinity. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have the Father that we see, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, just jot it down. God is speaking and he said, let us make man in our own image. Now to some who is reading, this is God. And now he's speaking like there are other people in the room. A lot of people would think God is off his rocker right here. But here he uses the word, it's so important to make note, when he's talking about God, our, he uses the word Elohim, and it is plural. It means there's more than one God that was there, and it is the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that, that, that shows us, and we see from the very beginning of time, that the Holy Spirit has been present since the very beginning. And in Acts, which we will be looking at later on, we see this ceremonious changing of the guard, if you will. If you've never had the honor, the opportunity of watching the changing of the guard in the Arlington National Cemetery, it needs to be on your bucket list. I think it is something that every American should witness. If you've ever been there, it is, it is, it is, it is very methodical. It is, uh, every step is numbered. Everything has a meaning and purpose. So is the Holy Spirit as he begins this reign on earth. It was a changing of the guard kind of moment. Because from Genesis to Malachi, we see the Father, the Lord, 
Lord. He's reigning as the general over, over earth. And then from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the very beginning of Acts, we see this changing of the guard as all of a sudden Jesus is reigning here on earth. Jesus, the son, is reigning. And then as you read in Acts chapter 2, we see another changing of the guard, if you will, as the Holy Spirit begins to take reign in, in, in somewhat of an inaugural service that, it, that, that was indescribable as they were in that upper room. Pentecost truly, truly was a changing of the guard moment. And so often, whenever we're looking at the Trinity, we can identify with God the Father. He is Abba, the word says. We understand what a good father should be. Even if you didn't have a good father, you know what a good father should do. So, so we can kind of understand he's the father figure. And then there was Jesus. It's, 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 it's the one that we can probably identify with the best as we've, we've read about him. We've heard about the miracles and everything that he did in the gospel we can uh, we can we can relate to him because he was in the flesh he was our savior he's the messiah we've heard how he hung on the cross this man's name is Jesus amen we've heard about the agonizing pain that he went through for us his name is Jesus we've heard about how he was placed in a borrowed tomb his name is Jesus and we know that now that tomb is empty because death could not stop him and the grave could not hold him come on this morning can we just say his name one more time together we've been singing it but can we just say Jesus this morning come on church say Jesus isn't it good to know that his name still has power this morning and so often we feel that we can identify with this Man, Jesus, because he came and he walked on earth and he had skin like us and we can identify him. But then there is the third person, the Holy Spirit. He is perhaps the most active and present part of the Trinity in life today. He's the Holy Spirit. And Jesus himself said that he dwells with you and in you. But as awesome as that sounds... A lot of people in the church as a whole, they are in the dark when it comes to the Holy Spirit. He's all present. He's all powerful. He's always there. Yet so many people still feel like he's a mystery. And when you begin to mention the Holy Spirit, there's two sides. Some people get excited and like, woo let's go. Then you got those people like, uh, I don't know about this. Those people are freaks over there. Let's just be real. And so often, <laughs> we get nervous when someone like myself starts talking about the Holy Spirit because if we're honest, we know somebody that said they had the Spirit and they were just really weird. Can we agree? Anybody know those people? But listen, don't let a weird person keep you out of the power. Because the truth of the matter is, that person was weird before they got the Holy Ghost. 
And the truth is, the Holy Spirit does not make you weird. The Holy Spirit makes you powerful this morning. And let me tell you something else. If you're going to stay out of church because of weird people, you better quit your job and quit life altogether because people are weird everywhere. I'm not going to let a weird freak keep me out of the power. Can I get an amen? I've seen those people. I shake my head at those people. Like, oh, here, here, there it is. I was raised around, these, around some of these people. But I'm not going to let, because somebody's weird, keep me from experiencing a gift of power that God has for me. Here are some things I want you to get today. One, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a divine being. He's a person. He's not just a force. He's not just some big ball of power, but he, he's a divine person. And the great thing about his power is that this power can live in you today. Get this, because he's a person. He also has a personality. He feels, he speaks, he moves, <laughs> he has emotions. He knows when you are lonely. He knows when you are grieving and he comes to comfort you. He also, you also need to know that he is fully God. He's not an angel. So often we start thinking about a spirit and before you know it, we've made him to have these wings and now he's like an archangel. He's not an angel. He's God, the fullness of God. And so often when we think about a, a, a spirit, we start seeing the wings and make him an angel. But he is fully God because the Holy Spirit is all powerful and he's all knowing. See, when I say I have the spirit and you say you've got the spirit and we've got friends around the world in Alaska and in, in, in the Philippines that have the spirit. It's not that we all have a piece of him. It's not that you've got his finger and I've got a toe. But the great thing about it is that we have all of him inside of us. That means that I have God's attributes inside of me. Look at your neighbor and say, I told you I was supernatural. Some of y'all silent. You've got some... You've got some of God's attributes inside of me. That means I have a way maker that's inside of me. That means I have a comforter that is inside of me because he is God and he not only wants to dwell with us, but he wants to dwell inside of us. And because he lives in me, I have the power over the enemy this morning. Because he lives in me, I don't walk in fear, but I walk in power today. He helps me when I can't, my, I can't help myself. He speaks to me when nobody else will speak to me. He remembers me when everybody else has forgotten gotten about me. Aren't you thankful that the Holy Spirit is fully God and is living inside of you today? Can I get an amen? Who he is gives him the power to be what he is in our lives. Who he is gives him the power to be what he is in our lives. I'm making it simple for us this morning. He is our personal trainer. He's come to pump you up. 
You may be little in stature, but you can have a giant spirit inside of you. You can be, you can come up to my waist and the devil looks at you and gets scared because he sees the spirit in you. He's your personal trainer. See, whenever you go to a personal trainer, you usually like them more when you are leaving than when you are arriving. <laughs> when you roll out of bed at four o'clock in the morning and, it, and, and it's the alarm saying you need to get to your trainer, you're like, oh no, not today. Today's leg day. They're gonna kill my abs today. I'm not gonna be able to function today. When you start, you're like, here we go. This, 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 this is going to be rough. But when your session for the day, when your session for that season is finished, you may be tired, but you feel better than when you started. And the same is with the Holy Spirit. Often whenever he begins to work, we think, oh gosh, here we go. But once the session is ended, once he's done a work in you, we leave and we feel empowered. We feel refreshed. We feel renewed. We feel revived. Can anybody agree with me? So often, whenever we start personal training, it's dreadful. But once you get in a routine, once you do it every day, Yes, there's still pain, but then you start seeing results. See, you being around the Spirit on Sunday is not enough for you. <laughs> you got to do this thing daily. The Holy Spirit is your personal trainer. Get this. Jesus is about to step into a whole new phase of ministry. <clears throat> Miracles are about to start happening. It's about to be a regular thing in his life. And in Luke 4, 1, just write it down. Jesus, it says, Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Jesus here has a personal trainer, and that trainer was the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed a trainer... If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit. He, he, a trainer will challenge you. A trainer will stretch you. A trainer has the ability to see your next before you do, and they will push you to get there. The Holy Spirit will guide you into places you don't want to go. He will guide you into places you don't want to go to get you ready for places you've only dreamed you could go. He will push you and train you. And the whole time you're like, why am I in this place? He's training. He's preparing. He's building you up. There are some seasons, there are some destinations that you cannot step into until you've been trained how to walk through. This mountain is not a mountain of misery. It's a mountain of motivation. The hurdle you're trying to jump, this hurdle is not a hurdle of hell. It's a hurdle to your healing. 
This desert is not a desert of defeat. It's a desert of development. See, when you are operating in the spirit, the unwanted, the unwanted seasons will bring you into some unimaginable seasons. Unwanted seasons in a desert will bring you into some unimaginables. The Holy Spirit will put you in rooms with people you don't like. You all should be shouting right now. The Holy Spirit will put you in some dry places, put you in some rough places. And so often we feel that those deserts, we feel they're going to kill us, but those are the ones that the Spirit is using to develop us. Can anybody testify today and say, I would not be where I am now if the Spirit was not leading me. I would not be where I am today had I not crossed a mountain, had I not crawled through a valley, had I not swam through a I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for the Spirit. And get this. Not only was Jesus being trained by the Holy Spirit in a desert, but he was in a desert with a devil in it. <laughs> See, there's one thing to be in a desert. It's hot. But there's another thing to be in a desert with a devil in it. Anybody ever been in a desert with a devil in it? Anybody ever been on a mountain with a devil on it? I'm not only in a dry season, Lord, but the people around me are acting like the devil. You ever said that? You're lying. I'm in a tough place, Lord, and people all around me are acting like the devil. Everywhere I turn, there's a hater. Everywhere I look, somebody is acting like a fool. And some of them even have my last name, Lord. I have to see them every Thanksgiving and Christmas. You ever been in a holiday with the devil? Woo! Here I am in a desert. With the devil. You've got to know that sometimes the spirit will lead you in a desert with the devil just to show you and the devil who has the real power. And I want to speak this over somebody today. You may have walked into a desert whenever you walked in this. You may, you may be in a season, a dry place, but you are not going to leave weak. You are about to leave strong. You needed the desert. It's going to train you. It's going to transform you. Deserts make you thirsty. Deserts will make you hungry. I've been fasting this week. I can't wait to lunch, y'all. The devil's been all in my week. I've been typing desert and it comes up dessert. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> no joke. You needed that desert. You couldn't see it when you were in it. But when I look back, I'm not who I was back then. I was talking to a preacher friend a couple of weeks ago and I said, I'm not who I was four years ago. I thought I knew what faith was four years ago when we were starting this church. We turned four this month. 
more critics. I had more naysayers. But when I look at all the doors that were slammed in my face, when I look at all the mountains I had to climb over, when I look at all the hurdles the Spirit brought me through, I can say, I thank God for the mountain. I thank Him for the valley. I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that my God can solve them. I'm so thankful what my God can do this morning. I'm so thankful for His Spirit. Can anybody testify with me this morning? I'm not who I was back then because the Spirit developed me. I don't preach the same as I did on our first day. I hope that video's lost somewhere. If it's not, Chase, destroy it this week. I don't preach like I did four years ago. I don't pray like I did four years ago. I don't dream like I did four years ago because the Spirit brought me through something. And while he was bringing me through, I couldn't see it. But I was getting bigger. I was getting bolder. I was getting deeper faith. I was getting deeper roots. And that's what the Spirit can do for you. He's not only your personal trainer, but he's also your best friend. Whew. You think you don't have a friend? You need the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you've got to remind those around you that you've got a BFF and his name is the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you've got to remind the devil that you've got a best friend that has power. And we were, when you were kids, you wanted that friend who had the pool, who had the cool car. That's my friend. What's his is mine. We like that. We amigos. But you've got a friend with power. Power. I don't know many people with power. Real power. I know people with lofty titles. I'm talking about power. I'm talking about power that can break yokes. That's my friend. Sometimes you've got to remind the devil that you've got a friend that's got power. In John 16, 7, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Man, help me out this morning. John, uh, Jesus is speaking in John chapter 16, verse 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The disciples could not understand what Jesus was talking about. They could not understand his plan. They could not understand how is it to our advantage if you go away? And he's trying to tell them, it's actually to your advantage that I leave. It's actually to your advantage that I die on the cross. He's trying to tell them it's actually your advantage that on the, after three days I'll be resurrected. It's actually toward your advantage that I will be in heaven seated at the right hand of the Father. And they're sitting here thinking, how is this an advantage? We'll no longer have you here. <coughs> You'll no longer be here in the flesh. See, and the flesh was the problem. He was on earth as flesh. 
That means that he could not be everywhere at once. Why? Because he came as a person. He was not omnipresent as a person. But he said, I'm about to send you someone that can be everywhere at any time. And this will be your best friend. You will have access to him at all times. You will never be on call waiting. Not only will he be with you, he wants to be inside of you. Isn't it good to know that in moments like this, you are never alone. The Spirit is with you. Isn't it good to know that every trial that you face, the Spirit is with you. That every mountain that you climb, the Spirit is with you. Every river that you've got to cross, every valley that you've got to crawl your way through, isn't it so good to know this morning that He is with you? Every, de every desert that you crawl through, He's with you. Aren't you thankful this morning that the Holy Spirit has you?